0: Welcome to Launch Left Podcast. I'm Rain Phoenix. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Today's very special guest is Ms. Lola Kirk sitting to my right. Hello. Lola. Hi, Rain. So nice to see you again after many, many years. Always a pleasure. And hear your beautiful voice on music that is out now (laughs) that people can find. Yes. Thank you. Lady for Sale is the name of the record. Now you're with third man. Is that right? Yes, I am. Wonderful. And you live in Nashville. Is that right? Too? Yes, I live in Nashville. Wow. Things have changed. Things you're- have
1: really changed. <laughs> a New York gal. And now you're living in Nashville. I know. I mean, I feel like every couple of years I like to do a full reinvention. Mm. Like there was the LA period of my life when I was more of a hippie. Now I live in Nashville and I wear shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a grown up now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How old uh, well, I, I wear a bra ask. every day. I shouldn't ask. What, how old am I? I'm yeah. 31. Wow, you are?
1: I know. Isn't that weird?
0: I really was like,
1: she's maybe 24. Oh my God, stop. Yeah. Stop. That's no. so I lie about my age to make me seem older. Um, you do? No, I'm kidding. I am 31, <laughs> and we've known each other since I was, I think I met you when I was uh, 16. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Spanning time,
1: spanning time. And it's
0: been beautiful to watch you grow into the woman that you are, oh, and you thank are not—you you are no lady for sale in my book. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> but you're you're record, lady for sale. Yes. Let's talk about it.
1: Sure. Where'd you make it? Who'd you make it with? Uh, I made it with uh, Austin Jenkins, who is a fantastic uh, producer and writer, and. We started kind of honing the songs uh, over the course of the pandemic. And then as soon as everybody started getting vaccinated, we went into the studio and recorded it um, at the studio in East Nashville called The Cabin. Um, And then it was just kind of, you know, for sale for a while and no one wanted to buy it. (laughs) And then um, got to become friends with the creative director, third man, Jordan Williams, who I think just understood the references on the record in the right way and was like, and really liked it and took it to third man. And lo and behold, a deal was made. (laughs) And I'm so excited to be putting a record out with them because I am a lifelong White Stripes fan fan. Have some very old photos of me after the uh, Radio City. I think it was a Strokes, White Stripes double bill uh-huh. um, that I faked homesickness from camp to come home for. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it's it's kind of a dream come true in a lot of ways.
0: Wow, that's so cool. Full circle. Now yeah. you're. Oh, and and you live in nashville i still can't get over that it's, you know it's really weird <laughs> it's so different for you but it's but it's great so uh why i know that your references are for that record kind of 80s country right what um were you always a fan of country full stop uh, or and or specifically 80s or <laughs> were you like i'm co- doing a concept record and i'm going to study 80s and then make Uh, make something that's in that world it
1: was a bit of a mixture of both I've definitely always been a fan of country music um but more the kind of like Johnny Cash Loretta Lynn right the stuff that everyone can really agree on I feel like yeah I think 80s country gets a little bit more subversive and you either like like it because you grew up listening to it on country radio or you're a freak like me who discovers it at some point in their life and decides to uh, reorient their whole being around it. Um, but, yeah, I I kind of just began to get really interested in songwriting mm-hmm. and, like, song structure. Mm-hmm. And something I really appreciate about a lot of later 70s and 80s country music is just how dialed song structure is. I really love a tight chorus with verses mm-hmm. that lead into it. And um, I think that there's something so exciting about the way country music can deliver that um because it's always fun and it always kind of breaks your heart at the same time and so it was really exciting to me to kind of take the songs i was writing and begin to restructure them and think about them in a way that i was like i want every song to have a big chorus and i want every song to just like really be a song instead of a more like poetic thing which I feel like I've been doing in my earlier music Mm -hmm.
0: having done this do you feel like this is what you're going to keep doing or are you already thinking about your next iteration of Lola Kirk
1: um (laughs) I don't know that I would make another like 80s country record I feel like I'm like kind of gonna still base it in something more nostalgic but like bigger like arena ballads are coming to mind a lot for me for the stuff I'm writing now like I wanted to write a song the other day that sounded like uh that in excess song I was standing you were there that song and like also like don't cry guns and roses I was like we'll, we'll move through genre maybe later in the decade um <laughs> I really enjoy though like having a reference point and having that be a, a kind of jumping off point um Particularly because I think to be making work at this point in the history of humanity, like you can't help but be referential to mm-hmm. those who have come before us. So mm-hmm. I think that's my way of kind of declaring that I'm part of a legacy instead of, you know, just some individual that is spinning off into space on her own.
0: Right. Very cool. Do you feel that music or uh, film acting? Are uh, related for you,
1: or are they very siloed? No, they're quite related in more ways than I think I would like to admit, honestly. Like, it recently occurred to me as I was getting ready for, for one of my shows, and I was putting on my spandex, and I was putting on my light up fringe bra, and I was teasing my hair, and all that stuff. I was like, this is just a character. Like, this is a complete character under the guise of it being me, Lola Kirk, but um it's just another role that i'm playing and i think there is that like kind of uh i don't know maybe pretentious concept that a lot of actors talk about of like living more truthfully through the mask but it's always helpful for me to have like a persona that i can kind of exist through Mm -hmm. um and maybe that's because I don't really know who I am for some reason, or maybe that's says a lot. Maybe I know myself really well to know that I can't exist without a persona. But, um, yeah, I think that there's something really, really safe to me and exciting and risky about like being like, this is Lola fake Shania Twain. (laughs) Right. Kirk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And do you have of acting and music? And I'm sure you're creative in many other ways, which you're, Welcome to list here. Is there one juggling? I, there you no, go. No, I, I can't juggle. Is there one no that skills. is <laughs> the most like that you love the most, or is it equal?
1: um Well, you know, I think that I have felt more control uh, as a musician, which is something that can feel at times exciting and then at other times can feel really daunting. Mm-hmm. I'm without a manager right now as a musician and that i don't like being in that much control it's exhausting Mm -hmm. um and also like i think the burden of promotion falls squarely on the artist a lot more when you're a musician especially an independent musician um and that sucks for lack of a better word um i i find it really uninspiring to be on my phone as much as i am, but I really, really want my record to be heard. (laughs) So I'll do it. Um, you know, I'm doing it for this greater good, not just for me to be like more famous. Like that sounds actually horrible. Um, but so, and I think as an actress, you don't have to do that so much. There's unless, you know, you're writing and producing and directing your own movie and and there's no engine behind it. Um, there's a beautiful hummingbird over there. I was struck such good news! So good. Such good we news! We saw one there too, and
0: uh, and it's just cha- it makes the day better when you see it's a yeah. good it's a good omen
1: near the alien flowers. Yeah, for those who can't see, there are flowers that come from outer space, yeah. <laughs>
0: blooming all around us. Yeah, we're very blessed to be in this outdoor gazebo, in yeah. the hills for sure. Talking beautiful. about music and art, what privilege! Yeah, we what have. Yeah, what privilege we have, really, truly, truly. Uh, remarkable that this is us here now in 2022 with all that is going on. And that is a good segue for yes. me to, to ask, uh, is there something in the world that you champion, that you're passionate about a kind of activism or something you look to and really feel that your voice, whether it's through music or just holding it in your heart and being an advocate for it quietly, is there something specific? that uh. sweeps you up?
1: <laughs> I mean, there have been, there are so many things. I think the greater the greater thing is just like people being safe and well. Um, so at times in my life, that has been um, being, I forgot what the term was. It's like, you know, an escort at a, at a women's clinic here and in, in, it were in Downey. Um, and that was something that felt really, uh, like vital to do at at the time. Um, I remember standing outside, and it was between a Chick Fil A and a and a um, and an In N Out burger, and just like the smell of the of of every Sunday morning was like the I don't know just for for whatever reason that that sense memory has like very much stuck with me of like waiting for people to get out of their cars, and you would walk them because there was tremendous protests outside of these clinics, um, and now living in Tennessee. uh, That's been quite fascinating to be living in a blue city in a red state and there is, I mean, there's uh, really intense legislation occurring in Tennessee about trans community. Um, And then I guess like the thing that has been kind of most interesting to me lately is is I I think like women's self-esteem generally uh and um i'm not sure how to talk about that because i i think that it's really hard to um live in a world where people are you know (laughs) talking about creating good and then everybody is changing their face and um you know contributing to the general anxiety of mankind and as an artist that's that's the opposite of what i want to do and the body does become incredibly political on so many different levels. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I, I, as an actress have been told multiple times uh, that I should diet or lose weight. Um, As recently as a costume designer, sending a text to someone that she thought was not me that said she's bigger than most actresses. And I laughed at first and then cried for a few hours and then was like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like. So so I don't know, I, I think that there's a part of me that wants to be like completely empowered and body positive, and then there's another part of me that really, really wants to be easily digestible and work all the time and be successful. And balancing those two parts of me um, has been a challenge. Um, I, and I, I hope that this record, in a way, speaks to that. because And that's, like, what the Lady for Sale is all about. Mm-hmm. There is a twist of irony. I, I don't think I could go into the process of releasing music and putting myself out there without it. Because mm-hmm. um, it's brutal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, like, women's bodies, I, I guess, would be the most, like, urgent thing to me personally. Um, and it's really hard to be brave and be like I am gonna look different Mm -hmm. and see if people still like me Mm -hmm. um and I mean like I don't know I have hairy armpits right now for for a role actually for the first time it's not because by choice I was actually really enjoying shaving my armpits for a minute there it felt very elegant in whatever way and like just the onslaught of you understand why people like Fit in well. Look, why people to. drop bombs like on other people because the lack of humanity that you can kind of just constantly engage with on the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, how easy it must be to just like press a button and not care about somebody or devastate somebody. Mm-hmm. And like, I like to think I'm stronger than to be deeply affected by somebody I've never seen mm-hmm. saying something horrific about the way I look. Um, but it does slowly erode you, and mm-hmm. there becomes this like heavy lift that you have to do as an individual to to choose to to intentionally not care about that mm-hmm. and, and hope that you know you can help other women not care about that and other men too and other everybody because yeah. I, 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 I you know it's not just women who are being impacted by those kinds of ideas.
0: Right. Well and thank you for bringing it up I think uh, you articulated so well what so many of us struggle with specifically around the idea of like being who you are versus fitting into something and being easily digestible, right? Like being what is needed, being asked of you in a societal sense, which is literally just a, just much like money and many things. It's a decision we all made to value, to give that value, to give this idea that a woman looks like this. And if you don't fit into that, then you're like a, you know, out there, version of a woman. Right. Or like you're doing something really courageous mm-hmm. to just be who you are. Wow, mm-hmm. look at her. She's being courageous. It's like, what do you mean? I'm just being me. Right. Oh, God. But, and, and you're going to judge me if I'm not, you know, if I, and that's the nicest thing people might say, right? That you're being courageous. That's yes, a really, right. that's the compliment <laughs> version. But uh, I think, you know, one thing that I've, that i came to myself cuz i've been in the same world as you in entertainment since i was a kid is realizing that it's not really uh, if i can let go of feeling like i have to figure it out and more create the intention around why i'm a creative and an artist and and ask that whatever that whatever that creative in me is there, why it's there, whatever that talent is, may it be a cause of benefit to people. May the right things come into my world and may I express in a way that is courageous in a world that doesn't understand those parts of me and not and and so that it takes the edge off of being sort of all about me and then more about like how can i be an instrument yeah right absolutely and the more that i do that in those times where you feel sort of demonized or judged or all that and go like wait wait no i already committed to just being an instrument for good through mm-hmm. the creative and you have that you've got well, that go <laughs> we all have that, that. <laughs> we all have the potential yes to engage that and so for me that has helped me and i hope that that helps you
1: well, I it, it is so helpful, and it is just a daily reprieve, though. Like, I yeah. mean, the, I am programmed to yeah, absolutely. seek the external validation and only feel as worthy as other people tell me I am right. um, instead of to understand that the only person that can give me validation is myself and, you know, all that. <laughs> and by that, I mean the universe or God or call it whatever you will. And And it's recently just occurred to me that, like, to be creative is so divine in a certain way. I mean, I, I think that it's, you are paying homage to like the great creation that is around you and and situating my creative intention in in, in that world instead of it being in my ego world is something that like I have to do all the time because, uh, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in, in New York City where like, everybody was fabulous and <laughs> And everybody was miserable and like you were just going to kind of exist, uh, loudly between those two places. And I, I do want more from life than that. And I, and I hope, and I, and I, and I see some people really, really operating on that higher plane, but I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that art being about like service and giving is, is just like what I want it to be about and what I hope to contribute to not, I don't want other people to feel bad. Mm -hmm. Like art has helped me feel good so many times in my life or challenged me and made me really uncomfortable, but then ultimately helped me grow. Right. Um, So being part of that is a tremendous privilege Mm -hmm. and yeah, I gotta, I have to remind myself about that every day. Yeah.
0: And let that message just keep coming through whatever it is, even if we don't know, right. Just allowing what's our best, selves to come forward that's what i always try to do because i don't it's all a mystery right Mm -hmm. we don't i I, i've learned the older i've gotten i'll be 50 this year
1: oh my god i know
0: (laughs) that it just isn't about all of that yucky yucky mucky muck stuff right it's really about this connection to our spirits like whatever that is that knows what's going on. I don't. My ego self doesn't. So getting out of the way.
1: Yes. Getting out of the way and also having fun. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Joy is like actually the fuel. Yes. Joy is the fuel. And I think this country music to me and like this persona is like a person that knows how to have a little bit more fun. than Maybe right. I sometimes know how to, right. That's <laughs> um, so great. I find myself smiling so much on stage. I don't know if people think I'm insane, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm smiling at a lot of people and, and people smile back and sometimes they don't. And you know, not to make eye contact with that person, maybe go to someone else. Um, but yeah, I think making this record, I was like, I want to like bring fun back. I mean, not that I'm doing that single-handedly. I think that that's out there. But for a long time, I thought that my work had to be, like, so serious. Even as an actress, like, I had to be crying all the time or something like that. And um, the answer is that you don't. The truth is that you don't, Well,
0: and I would even add to that, that the world needs more joy right now more than ever and always. But the more that we can make joy, that is the secret of... That's the fuel for all of us, you know? Like... There's enough sorrow and sadness and suffering, so let's make some joy. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that, that's, that you're doing that with this record. And even if it's bringing you joy, then that's reverberating. Yes. Right? So, and it will touch others. And I'm just so happy to have this conversation with you because Me too. it's so wonderful to be reconnected and talk about something as deep as finding our joy in a world that is. Uh, kind of buried right now in a lot of sadness you know yeah I would
1: agree that that's how it feels I mean it's exhausting yeah out there yeah (laughs) even going on Sunset Boulevard I'm like I want to see the mountain but I can't because there's an advertisement right and the advertisement makes me hate my body right (laughs) so (laughs) so I'll just look down right. at my phone at another advertisement right. that makes me hate my body <laughs> you know, I mean there's wow. more to my phone than that I will say there's mm. some cat memes on there too, which, I don't even <laughs> like cats that much but man the memes that they're in
0: <laughs> pretty cool thank
1: you for, you. that was a
0: beautiful little sound bite that became a joy bomb, so <laughs> there we are again oh so uh, man so how did music first find you?
1: well uh, I I got a ukulele <laughs> um, when I was like 17. It was small enough that I could torture everybody I knew <laughs> with it because I could carry it wherever. And I had these Jumpin' Jim's ukulele music books. A country music uh, book was really fun for me. I learned how to play Crazy by Patsy Cline on there and really felt good about myself for that because it seemed like this thing that I would never have been able to do without Jumpin' Jim and my ukulele. Um, and then from there... I like kind of evolved to the guitar and then was like I think I could write songs and then started writing songs and then I was like I think I should put a record out and then did that and now here I am so it was a slow progression but I certainly didn't think that music was available to me growing up it seemed like something only boys could do back in the mid to early 2000s I didn't know that many women that played music at all I remember uh, like Lisa Fisher, do you know Lisa? She's a backup singer in the Rolling Stones. Uh And she had like the coolest voice I'd ever heard. And I got to see the Rolling Stones play a bunch when I was younger. And my favorite part was always when she would come out and sing the solo in Gimme Shelter. Um, And she was like the only woman I knew who played music when I was a kid. Hmm. So it it was a a slow understanding that like I too could do that.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about uh, music like how when you were a kid and you f- like how did it find you in terms of like who first introduced you to music how did you go oh my god music what's this thing yeah and what band or what uh i know your dad is a musician yes. right
1: well funnily enough i don't think it really was my dad though my school bus driver rohan uh used to play 101.1 every morning and i would sit up front because rohan and i were pals. And he would always let me sing the, uh, solo from, or not the solo. I would always, he liked my voice and he, he encouraged me to sing like Roberta Flack songs and Otis Redding songs. And I, I really liked Motown as a kid. Um, and then, you know, my dad certainly encouraged me, um, but. I'll never forget Rohan. I really, I'm like, I need to That's find so cool. him somewhere. So, your school bus driver. My school bus driver. is how you found music. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. He was so fun. I mean, and it was really like, you know, the freaks were on that school bus. All the kids <laughs> that lived, like, in a certain neighborhood, very far away from the school itself. So, I, I want to find them. We should have reunion, me and all those kids.
0: Yeah, awesome. If you had to pick just one, what album changed your
1: life? Uh, music from The Big Pink, the the band album. Okay, I don't know why. I think I found like another eleven year old girl when I found it who also loved it, and the two of us, with the taste of a fifty year old white man, <laughs> decided <laughs> that this was like the greatest album of all time, and uh, listened to it endlessly. Okay, and uh, what format did you listen to it on? CD. CD. I had a gift certificate to the Virgin Megastore. Okay. Yeah, so... Those are now no longer? No, R.I.P. Virgin Megastore. (laughs) Uh, So what was
0: your life like at the time, do do you recall?
1: I I think I was kind of a depressed kid, honestly, which is probably why, you know, men who were alcoholics and junkies were really speaking to me, Um, but... Yeah, I remember being very, very uh, moved by the song Lonesome Susie on there, which I don't really think I can bring myself to listen to now. I think it would make me really sad. But I was so I guess I was probably pretty lonely.
0: Wow. That was, you just answered the other three questions oh. I had. Um, <laughs> did that album introduce you to other albums?
1: Yes. Well, I kind of came to Bob Dylan after uh, that. After that, I really liked the electric side of the 1966 bootleg series. Which I, they call Bob Dylan Judas on that because he had kind of gone from being a folk artist to right. being a rock artist, um, and I got really into that. And what else? I mean, so many things. From there, a lot of Neil Young, um, and then. Neil Young into The Birds and The Birds from Sweetheart of the Rodeo into Graham Parsons and Graham Parsons into the World of Country. So, yes, it was an interesting journey. I used to say that if you had done like Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young as like a family tree, I could, you know, all of my favorite artists would be in there somewhere.
0: Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, how can we find
1: you on the interwebs? I am on... TikTok, which is, I think it's, I love Lola Kirk (laughs) because, you know, the self-esteem was just getting really low. So yeah, I had to be like, it's an affirmation, you know, um, at Lola Kirk on Instagram and Twitter as well. Okay, great. And you, do you have a website?
0: Yes. It's, uh, I love (laughs) Lola Kirk.com. And Kirk is with an E for those of you who are right now on your computer looking, right? So K I R K
1: E. That's true. And it's not Lola Kirk E right because no. yeah it just doesn't have the same ring no. to it no 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 well thank you so much for thank sharing you, your Rain. afternoon
0: with me so and nice. have a great tour and so happy for you
1: thank you it's
0: great to see you, you again you too all right bye guys bye <gasps> launch left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice but a necessity Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields.